then you become an adult and then you get into politics and now you're supposed to just literally have a set worldview usually based on the people around you or the influences you have, right? Because you just become a carbon copy of people around you. And then anything to the contrary, anything, you're supposed to ignore, you're supposed to fight, you're supposed to criticize, you're supposed to condemn. Queen 10. Yeah, Levy with a Queen 10 and the win. Called the race with a He called the race with Queen 10, honey. I know, honey. He's some online guy. And that player. So I just had a comment on a post that got me thinking needs to be talked about. It was a repost from Ali Zek, I think her name is. And she's a pretty outspoken critic of the COVID and the masks and all stuff going on. I reposted some she said, and then somebody commented and said that most of her posts are, I think he said she's right on some things, but most of her posts are this. And then he said, she's not a good source of information. I thought to myself, okay, so what is a good sense, source of information? Who is a good source of information? Like, how would you answer that? And I would, this is, would be the conversation I would have with the person that uh, left this comment. Who can you trust, let's say fully, for information? Think about that a second, you know? Like, who can you trust? And the answer is you can't trust anybody for all your information. There's a couple other things here, all right? So he's falling victim to something known as the, the halo effect. There's some other biases around, I forgot what it's called, but it's this idea that if one person either you don't like, so therefore anything they say can't be right or can't be true, right? That's a very common fallacy we see in politics and, and the left versus the right or whatever. They, you know, we're polarized. So it's like you're either on this side or that side and whatever this side says is wrong, whatever this side said is wrong because we're all on our, our own side. But the reality is that's completely false, obviously. The second part of that and the reason this bias is so insidious and, and just wrong is who is right 100% of the time? Is anybody right 100% of the time? No. In fact, science, entrepreneurship, inventors, history is people being wrong most of the time and then they happen to get something right and then that becomes the new standard and then it goes on and on and on. That's what, that's what innovation is. <laughs> millions and millions of people had to die. Billions at this point had to die throughout history to be able to figure out the certain things that we can do in medicine, for example, uh, things that we might know about nutrition in a modern environment, uh, sleep, etc. But we're at 2020. In 2100, they're going to look back at 2020 and the things that we think we know so well, they're going to probably laugh at us because it's going to be so elementary. And we'll probably look like cavemen to them pretty much. So I always try to keep that in mind when I'm thinking about all these different things. Okay. So that's why I also like to focus on first principles. What are some things that I know for sure that aren't going to change? Like one plus one equals two. Of course, if you go on Twitter, you have some people that would suggest that one plus one equals three. I kid you not, this is actually an SJW thing theme going on. Like you can literally find it. It's, it's insanity. But aside from that, we know that one plus one equals two. So we can build complex equations on top of that. But if one plus one isn't equal to, if we were in some parallel universe or something, then everything that we would build on top of the one plus one equals two paradigm would be wrong, right? So we go down to the first principles. That's what everything is built on. And the first principles that we can apply to people and information and data and opinions are, is anybody 100% right all the time? No. Is anybody 100% is anybody wrong all the time? Probably not, because that'd be pretty freaking hard to do. Though I bet you there are some people out there. <laughs> Okay, so if those are pretty certain to be first principles, then you have to ignore completely the person or the source and take the data itself and consider it objectively, meaning validate the data, okay? 
I know people don't wanna do that. It takes time and effort. You might have to click around and read a few studies or whatever, but that's what you have to do. I made some notes here. Um, who is a good source of information? That's the question for today. Uh, is anybody always right or always wrong? We established, no, that's not the case. What does that mean? Like I said, focus on first principles. You can't take all your information from one source, uh, even if you like that source, even if you love that source, even if you think that source is a genius. Throughout history, geniuses made a lot of mistakes. I believe it was Newton who said he can, you know, predict the movement of heavenly bodies, but he cannot predict the madness of men. It's because he, I believe he lost a bunch of money in the tulip craze. I'm pretty sure that was Newton. Might've been somebody else, so don't quote me. Uh, again, verify the information for yourself. History, facts, validate. The other thing that we can focus on is understand history, focus on facts. Even both those though are very open to interpretation. They're very subjective because one historian's version of what happened is different than another historian's. Like there's a lot of problems with history. History is usually written by the victors as they say. There's a point to that statement. You have to take disparate sources. Then you have to weigh. And then you have to come to what you think is the best bit of information. And guess what? That information is not going to be foolproof. There is one plus one equals three. There's certain mathematical things that we, we can pretty much safely say is reality, is true, and we can prove it. But most of everything else, we can't. And humans don't like that. We want rules of thumbs. We want boxes to fit things into. Safe, unsafe, ally, enemy, etc. We don't like the fuzzy middle. This makes our environment very complicated. If we can't just assume that that dark cave, that's just dangerous, I don't need to mess with that. I'm just gonna steer clear. If we in any way had an issue with that cave not being dangerous, and maybe it's not, maybe it's not, well, let me find out. That would have been extremely risky to a hunter-gatherer that had no 911 or firearm or even knife to protect him or herself. So we had to build these defense mechanisms psychologically to keep us from ever going in that cave because we're afraid of it. There's a couple other things built into our species. Universally, all humans, no matter, no matter where they're born, are afraid of snakes and spiders, right? And small insects generally. Why? because those things can kill us. We have to avoid them. We jump immediately, even if something looks like a spider or whatever. That's universal. That's not learned through society. That's something that's been passed through generations that's built into our psyche. It's built into our biology. That is an example of the same thing that is also built into our psychology and our biology, cognitive bias, which we fall victim to every single day. And today's example is the halo effect. And I think there's another one called the, um, the horn effect, which is based on the devil's horn. I forget, I, I, I probably should look that up. But the final point I wanna bring home on this is confirmation bias, okay? Confirmation bias and how it's a big problem. So confirmation bias, I mean, I'm seeing this everywhere. At, like, as I start looking at politics and I kind of like try to understand what the left is trying to say, what the right is trying to say, and, and mind you, I've never paid attention to this stuff in my whole life. I've never been interested in politics. And I'm actually still not interested in politics. I'm only paying attention right now because I'm a landowner. I have a family here. I'm raising two children in this country, you know, and while I'm getting backup plans by having gold and silver and my passport and Bitcoin and, and guns and ammo and all these things I need to have just to protect my sovereignty as a human and my family, I kind of want to know what's going on. I kind of want to know that if I'm going to be investing in this physical United States of America, that it's not going to be a poor investment. So I'm really looking at politics more from an investment and long-term wealth preservation slash generation perspective than I, than I am about like really wanting to care because I believe that the system has grown to something that is unstoppable. It's a behemoth. It's Frankenstein. It's not going to be put back into the box or the cage until it collapses. Same thing with the dollar. The whole system itself is ruined. It's a far cry from what the founding fathers believed for this country and I mean, that's what I'm gonna say on that. You know, like understand history, look back, 
look at things like the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, whatever, and you can see how far off we are. And then what you'll see, though, is a lot of people in America don't like that narrative because it creates cognitive dissonance. They don't want to feel like maybe this, the future is unsafe. I mean, who wants to feel that way? I don't want to feel it either. The past few months have been pretty stressful. I've been trying to work out all these things. It's made me more prepared, but I've been willing to do that because for me, turning a blind eye and just being like, ah, whatever, it'll be fine. That's unacceptable. I have kids. If, if it was just me, I could probably do that because I would just leave in a second. But now I have these other things I have to factor. Confirmation bias. This is so important. <laughs> it's so important. What you're finding, this comment on this post that prompted this video is a form of confirmation bias because this person has made a few of these comments, is trying to basically refute anything that challenges his worldview and trying to, I, I mean, I assume on the other end, I assume he's only seeking out information that supports his worldview. That's confirmation bias 101, all right? And you see this all throughout politics, all throughout social media, anything that is a contentious topic, anything at all. You have this side and then you have that side. And you very, very seldom have like a nuanced middle, okay? It was, well, she's not a good source of information because I saw some posts from her that I don't agree with. So therefore, anything she says should be discredited. That's kind of the tone. You see this a lot in politics on the left and the right, okay? Now, I think you see a little bit more on the left because I think a lot of the ideas of the left are absolutely crazy, especially the socialistic ideas and the Marxist ideas and the communist ideas and how democracy actually leads you to uh, socialism. I believe Lenin said that. He said that democracy was necessary for socialism. <sighs> Aside from that, no matter what political leaning you have, what I'm seeing without a doubt is people go into a piece of content like this video or a YouTube video. I got comments on them all the time. And they either are kind of like pro what you're saying or they're uh, against it. And then if they're pro or against, that determines what they have to say. Okay, so if they're pro, they usually pick out one thing they enjoyed or whatever, they make a comment, they say, thanks for doing this, whatever, great. If they're against it, if they're in the con section, they're gonna take out one or two things, they're gonna cherry pick it, and then they're gonna attack you for that thing as if that single thing and their point on that thing is supposed to then, I guess, I guess this is the theory, discredit everything you said. But that is obviously flawed, tremendously flawed. It's not to pick on the person that left this comment. It wasn't, it was actually a, a measured semi-nuanced comment, but but the theme, you know, it was leaning towards bias. It was leaning towards falling victim to something like the halo effect. And I've seen other comments like this, not just from this person, but from like, you know, anytime you have somebody comment on something on social media and it's negative, they tend to, like I said, they take one thing and their bias, usually it's, the reason they're mad usually is because you created dissonance. So here's the funny thing about haters and, and commenters that do this is you almost always struck a chord, you almost always said something that cut deep, that was truthful, because that's what creates dissonance. You're borderline on that thing where you're you're speaking some truth that that person is having a hard time reconciling, usually because they don't have a good enough justification against it or argument against it, right? See what I'm saying here? So usually those that are the most outspoken, it's because you're bringing out certain insecurities in them and or you're challenging, you're tapping on the glass of their worldview. And we need more of that. But, but what we need is people to recognize that and then try to work through it productively instead of just lashing out and attacking with straw man, ad hominem and a bunch of other lo logical fallacies. This happens all the time. Humans are, we're vicious creatures. We, we're, we're killers. Humans are killers. I mean, no matter how you put it.
There's no species in the animal kingdom that has killed more members of its own species than humans have. We've straight up slaughtered members of our own species. This is built into human nature. This is tribalism and, and all these things like that are very taboo subjects right now are a byproduct of our evolutionary past. So understanding evolution, ancestral health, evolutionary psychology, everything, like understanding that can help you better kind of navigate the world and it can at least help you better understand other people and it most certainly can help you better understand yourself. And evolutionary psychology and living in a harsh environment with like the same people your whole life and how if you would come across a stranger, they could potentially kill you. So you always had to be very careful of, and, and, and you, you, you know, you built natural tribalism into like my group versus yours. If you're an outsider, you're dangerous. You need to stay away. That is built into human nature. We didn't have these phones and this and, and all this. I couldn't talk to thousands of people in the wild 10,000 years ago, pre-agriculture where humans lived the bulk of their existence there could have been hunter-gatherers that never would have saw another human their entire life or maybe once or twice. I mean, think about that. Imagine you're a northerner and you have white skin and you're venturing down south and you come across this group that has darker colored skin and you've never seen a human like that before. Like imagine what the natives probably thought when when uh, the Spanish or the uh, English or whoever landed in South America and the Incas and the Mayans are just like, what? In fact, there's a really interesting thing I read somewhere. It was about and a local indigenous people were on like a bank of a shore where one of these big ships had anchored, right? So it's out in the water a little bit. The anecdote went where these natives, they couldn't see the ship because their brain had never seen anything like it. And it couldn't conceptualize that like that thing was there. So they theorized that the brain just kind of like ignored it. Like, you know, you have blind spots. Like there's literally things that could be right here that I might not be able to see. It's like that. It's like the brain couldn't deal with the thing that this thing is so foreign, so alien. And that they lived their whole lives and had no idea that you could even do something like that. That the brain could even see it. Pretty crazy. And there's some other research that su suggests that the same is true of colors. And so there's some uh, research that shows that like certain hunter-gatherers that weren't exposed to certain colors that you don't really find in nature, like like a cross of certain colors, you could show them those colors and they couldn't even see it. They were colorblind to it because their brain has never seen that color and they couldn't comprehend it. They had no context. <sighs> Some fascinating stuff. <clears throat> so I guess the moral story is everybody's wrong sometimes and everybody is right sometimes, all right? So the person shouldn't matter. And I know that's Real, that's blasphemy. If you don't like Trump or you like this person or that person or you don't like Kanye West or whatever, any controversial figure, you see that people that don't like that person will not accept anything that person says. This is a major flaw of the human mind. It's a major flaw. And it's, it, it gets people in trouble. And it's probably going to be the thing that leads a country like America to civil war because there's no tolerance. There's no nuance. It's just us versus them. It's maybe this. I mean, I don't want to say black versus white, but that's what they're trying to promote. That's what a lot of this uh, stuff is. It's it's becoming a black first white or an us first them or a left first right. This polarization of the citizenry of the United States is no different than polarization anywhere in which there was war, civil war, revolutionary war, world war. It's no different. These these, these things start this way and then they lead, lead, lead and then they, then they usually implode. Be aware of your own confirmation bias. Try to fight it the best your ability. Like ask yourself, am I really focused on first principles here? Like, am I focused on facts and the message, the content, or am I focused on the person? That's one of the biggest biases we find. The really, the most prevalent bias is confirmation bias. 
It really is confirmation bias. It's the tendency to seek out things that you already believe or want to believe and, and then ignoring blind spotting to everything else. And that is extremely dangerous. I mean, think about how fragile your worldview is if you only accept things that you already accept. It's like, think about that, it's weird. It's like you go to school because you're supposed to learn things you don't know, right? Like that's kind of understood. But then you become an adult and then you get into politics and now you're supposed to just literally have a set worldview usually based on the people around you or the influences you have, right? Because you just become a carbon copy of people around you. And then anything to the contrary, anything. You're supposed to ignore. You're supposed to fight. You're supposed to criticize. You're supposed to condemn. I want to see you win. I want to see you win.